Aloha. We're glad you've joined us for this Reunion Hawaii Church podcast. These teachings by our pastoral team are recorded live during our weekly services in Honolulu, Hawaii. We hope you will be blessed by this teaching. Um, this is, some of you have seen me carrying this around, this uh, little blank journal book. Well, it was blank when I started, you know, it's, it's not blank anymore. Um, I, if I've ever had a significant interaction with you, or a phone conversation, or a meeting, I have very likely jotted down notes in this book, or the one just like it. Uh, it's partly because I don't trust my memory anymore because <laughs> I know that uh, at age 71, somebody will say something to me and five minutes later I'll go like, I, yeah, what did he say? I don't know. I have no idea. So I, I don't trust my memory and partly because I use written notes to sort of organize my thoughts. It's really ironic because I'm an, a digital guy in every other aspect of my life. I've got iPads and iPhones and computers and, and Kindles and all that. But there's just... There's something about the way paper and ink, you know, writing by hand, it helps me process information differently. And I, I can't really explain the science behind that, although I'm, I'm told there's a bunch of science behind it. But it, it works for me. Um, I don't intentionally attempt to sync it out precisely, but it sort of turns out that one journal book pretty much equals a year of notes. And I actually wrote on the last page of this on New Year's Eve. I made some notes on New Year's Eve. And um, so it's like one year, one book, to-do list, notes, appointments, everything. And so this is my 2022 new journal book. And it's a slightly different brand, so I had to get um, uh, Carla Takazono to make me a new leather cover, you know, instead of just putting it in the old one and transferring it. Um, it's kind of a metaphor, these, these two books. For this transition season that I'm in, that we are in as a church. Um, on Friday, I made my final notes in one of the final pages of this book. And then on Saturday, I opened the new one with all these blank pages waiting to be filled. This, this old book was not the end of the story. It was just the end of this chapter of 2021. And this transition is not the end of the season of life I am in and the season of life reunion is in. Um, it's not the beginning of the end, it's the end of the beginning. So just letting you know that next Sunday um, I'll switch hats a little bit and I'll be acting in my role as area bishop for our denomination uh, as I officially appoint and install Sam Cabra as the new lead pastor here at Reunion. I'm super excited about that frankly. Um, Sam has been praying into some incredibly clear vision for reunion going forward and it gives me a lot of confidence that I made a wise decision in promoting and advancing Sam um, really um, uh, I'm happy to have I, I said I wasn't going to call him up front but I am going to say something um, my friend Carl back here Carl Vaders and his wife Shelly are here uh, some of you have read some of their books some of the Carl's written uh, Grasshopper Myth, Small Church Essentials, 100 Days to a Healthier Church, uh, Church Recovery Guide. 
I probably missed something in there, Carl. I'm sorry. Uh, and unbeknownst to Carl, Sam and I adapted a lot of the ways that we managed this transition from the way Carl and his right-hand man successfully navigated a transition at Cornerstone Christian Fellowship in Orange County, California. So thank you, Carl, for providing a healthy transition model and for telling your story so well. Um, so I want to identify here right at the start what's, what will be happening and what will not be happening as we move forward into the wonderful future that God has for this church. Uh, first of all, uh, stated a few weeks ago, this is not a retirement because <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> you can't get rid of me that easy. I've got too many years invested in you personally and in this church and I'm s still going to be around. I'm still being an active part of the core pastoral leadership team here at Union. I'll still be in the speaking schedule just like now. Uh, I will continue to direct the necessary administrative part of the church that I handled from the start, and I'll be available to consult and serve in any way I'm called upon. I want to, um, Sam used to say that he was, um, you know, sort of my right-hand man, and we used the, the language from the, from the office series, and he was, you know, the, uh, what was the right word? Assistant to the regional manager. Not the assistant regional manager, but the assistant to the regional manager. So I guess I'm sort of taking on that role now, and I'll be the assistant to the regional manager. Um, one way to think about this might be that our core leadership team, one person needs to be responsible for seeking God and hearing from him on matters of vision and direction. And I believe, and I think our team believes, that that mantle is now resting on Sam. Um, the other thing is that this was not anybody else's idea. It was my idea from the start. Nobody felt the need for a transition more than me. Um, I'm not being forced out. It's not a hostile takeover. Uh, that's not even possible in our denominational structure because I'm the area bishop. So uh, basically, I appoint and select pastors, and so I'm still Sam's boss. So wearing my other hat, and so that's the way that works. Um, in any leadership transition, it's inevitable that there'll be people who are not sure for their own reasons, whatever reasons. Like, they identify with the outgoing leader. They don't like change, period. They just don't like change at all. Um, maybe some people, they're not sure about the new guy. Um, some people say, well, I didn't have a voice in the, in the change. So let me just address that really quickly and, and move on. Uh, Make a mental commitment to yourself to give yourself at least six months to adjust. Give that, that's fair. Let's give Sam a six months of adjustment if you have any hesitation, question, uh, reluctance, whatever on your part. I don't think there's hardly anybody in this congregation that feels that way. I think you've seen this coming for a long time because um, last year, about a year ago, I started to take like very small incremental steps back and pushing him forward. And it's been so gradual that I'm hoping that it won't be uh, a tremendously shocking change. Um, I think you're gonna be really blessed by his leadership and it's the next generational transition that needs to happen right now. So after the longest and most disconnected introduction ever, <laughs> I want to shift over today to a passage of scripture that I've been thinking about and rereading a lot this past week knowing I was going to be speaking today. We're going to look, I started to say briefly, but you know, that might be a false promise. We're going to look through the four chapters of Philippians, this letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a local congregation. Um, I'm not going to go into a, like a full expository 
teaching of the book of Philippians tonight. But I am going to go through and extract some verses, some passages that spoke to me in a really, really relevant way this week just because of the context of this service. Because of how they relate to, relate to what is happening right here, right now. And, I, you know, honestly, this being sort of the last time I'll be speaking as the the senior pastor here, I, I wanted to, you know, hit it out of the ballpark and say all the significant stuff tonight. But... Um, as I read and reread Philippians in multiple translations, I thought, wow, that's how I'm feeling right now. But Paul is so much better at saying it than I am. So uh, I'm going to let Paul put some of my thoughts into words, and then I'll, I'll react to that. And if you'll allow me to bra- uh, borrow his phrasing, sometimes slightly out of context, if that's okay with you. you know, I understand the context. You do too, but let's try it. So the verses on the screen are going to be from the Passion Translation. But whatever you have in your Bible or Bible app is just fine to follow along. We're going to start in Philippians chapter 1. May the blessings of divine grace and supernatural peace that flow from our wonderful Father and our Messiah, the Lord Jesus, be upon your lives. We have definitely been the recipients of divine grace here, individually and as a church body. Every detour we've hit... Every setback has been turned into evidence of God's grace. It's happened over and over again. His grace, His unmerited favor has been poured out here. And we've seen it. We've testified of it. We've experienced it. And the list is way too long for me to recite tonight. But there are actually people in this house tonight who were here from the very, very, very beginning. There are just a few of us left. But there are a few of us who were here at the very first service that reunion had 14 years ago. If you're here tonight, just like, can you raise your hand or something? If you were here at that first service, look. Not many of us left. But there's a few who were here that very first service. Um, God has been good to us. He's been very, very good to us. We could do testimony videos of all the examples of the times that God has poured out his unmerited favor upon us individually and as a church. And it's the, the phrase in here in that Passion Translation says supernatural peace. We often, we often describe this church as a church that believes in supernatural, we believe in practice, supernatural ministry. And you've heard us say this, if it's not supernatural ministry, what kind of ministry is it? It's natural ministry. We're not interested in that. We're only interested in supernatural ministry. If we're a supernatural ministry, supernatural peace should be a byproduct of that. Start reading in the third verse. My prayers for you are full of praise to God as I give Him thanks for you with great joy. I'm so grateful for our union and our endearing par- enduring partnership that began the first time I presented to you the gospel. I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this gracious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. I, I honestly, as I was reading this over and over and over in different translations this week, I, I couldn't even put into words how very grateful I am for what this verse calls our union. The name of this church is reunion. Our partnership, our fellowship, our strong community. You've surrounded Amy and I with so much love and care through hard times and loss and happiness and sadness and joy and all kind of things. You have become in reality our family, not just in, not just in name only. 
I pray with great faith for you, fully convinced of your love for Jesus and his love for you and that what he's done over the past years is really just the beginning. And you're going to hear next week, Sam and I have been back and forth talking while he's been on this trip to the mainland. Uh, man, the Lord's just been like pouring out revelation to him about our future, uh, vision for the future, and it's incredibly encouraging. You really want to be here next week, if at all possible, to hear that message. He's going to release some of that. He sent me, he said, I literally was just seeking God and just taking dictation as he was pouring this stuff into me and he sent me like a two page document in small print type like pouring all this stuff out um, yeah it's going to be encouraging verse 8 only God knows how much I dearly love you with the tender affection of Jesus the anointed one uh, I really pray that we've been successful in conveying to everybody at reunion how much we love you um that when we first conceived of the plan for reunion about 14 years ago, I prayed this prayer that my wife has reminded me of a bunch of times. And I said, Lord, just please send me people. Just send me people. Send me all kinds of people. Send me broken people, messed up people, hurting people. And I promise, I promise I'll love them. I, I prayed that prayer a lot. And I haven't been perfect in fulfilling that promise, I know. There have been people who have come in that I have been like... I'm going to have to really work to love this person. Now, let's just be honest. You know, some people are easier to love than other people. But I can honestly say I've done my best to do what I promised in that prayer. I've done my best to keep an open heart and open arms to everyone who came in the doors. And I, I, that will continue. That doesn't stop here tonight. I continue to pray, verse 9, I continue to pray for your love to grow and increase beyond measure, bringing you into the rich revelation of spiritual insights and all things. So this is the first major leadership transition that Reunion's gone through. I was like the, the grandfather, the, the, the person who sort of launched this whole thing 14 years ago. And I want you to love Sam and Tannis the way you've shown love to me and Amy. I really want you to pour into them and surround them and love them, bless them, pray for them, provide for them, respect them. We talk a lot here at Reunion about cultivating a culture of honor. And we've used this Bill Johnson quote before. It says, a culture of honor is celebrating who a person is without stumbling over who they're not. So do not ever fall into the comparison trap. Those of you who love me, I'm glad you love me. I'm thankful you love me. But don't ever say to Sam, well, you know, when Gary was the pastor, he used to do it this way. Don't, don't do that to him. He's going to do some things differently, and I'm happy that he's going to do some things differently. He needs to do some things differently. He needs to, to shape the future after his own uh, direction. Don't fall into the comparison trap. Sam will not be Gary, for which you should all be very, very grateful. Um, you only need one of me, tr trust me. There's just, you need one. He's gonna be Sam. Um, I pray that you will celebrate the new leader for who he is and what he carries and not ever point out the things he's not. He will not be some things. I have not been some things because we're people, we're just human. But uh, just, just love him for who he is. It's going to be awesome. Verse 10. This will enable you to choose the most excellent way of all, becoming pure and without offense until the unveiling of Christ. And you will be filled completely with the fruits of righteousness that are found in Jesus, the anointed one, bringing great praise and glory to God. 
Look, from the very start, none of this has been about me or Sam or any of the other leaders of this church. None of this has been about about reunion, to be honest with you. I mean, we promote reunion. We celebrate reunion. You know, we have reunion stickers on our, on our you know, all that kind of stuff. Because I love this church. I'm proud of this church. I'm happy about this church. But everything here has been 100% about Jesus. You hear it reflected in the sermons. You hear it reflected in the music that we sing. It's all about Him. All the glory and praise goes to God. Verse 27, whatever happens, keep living your lives based on the reality of the gospel of Christ. The one thing we talk about all the time, the one thing is the only thing. That's Jesus. That's the only thing. Every service, every program, every ministry, everything, every meeting that we have is all centered on the one thing. Hosting the manifest presence of Jesus in this place and hosting him well. We have no other agenda. We have never had another agenda, and we will never have another agenda. It will always be about the one thing, regardless of who's standing in this spot. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the Anointed One. You are filled to overflowing with His comforting love. You've experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt His tender affection and mercy. Uh, I pray with great faith for you, fully convinced of your love for Jesus, and have taken great joy in watching this church experiencing a deeper and deeper friendship with the Holy Spirit. I, I get a lot of feedback from first-time attenders, and um, sometimes I ask, and sometimes I don't. There's a little thing in the church center app, and uh, they, you know, they respond like I'm a first time here, and here's a reaction to what I experienced there. And people who watch our services on live stream, and one of the most frequent comments that I hear that I get is, "I have seldom been in an atmosphere of greater freedom." I get that constantly. This place just explodes with joy and freedom. I want this at my church. I, I've had pastors that I barely, barely had know at all who've watched our services online who contact me and say, hey, can I talk to you for a little bit? I had a guy call me during a football game one day. That was a little irritating. I was trying to watch a, trying to watch a football game. And he said, you have a few minutes to talk. And I said, sure. So he called me. And he talked to me for almost 90 minutes. <laughs> I missed the entire second half of the football game because he was saying, hey, I watched your service yesterday online and I saw like people dancing up front with flags and I saw young people like college age people face down in the floor up there and everything. And I so want that in my church. I so want that. I desperately want that in my church. How do I, how do I get that in my church? Um... And I told him the only answer I know is you have to give up complete control. You have, to, you have to try to lead without controlling your church because you have to give the Holy Spirit complete control. And sometimes he doesn't do things the way you do them. Thank God. We're thankful that he doesn't do them the way we do them. He's going to do things his way and it will not always look like the way you planned it. And in fact, you can plan the Holy Spirit completely out of a church service real easily. We've said this before. You can get so good at doing church that you leave the Holy Spirit completely out. I had a pastor friend yesterday on, on social media posting a thing about the fact that their, their church is so well organized and so well planned down to the production grid minute that they've completely factored the Holy Spirit out. If he showed up and wanted to do something, they wouldn't know what to do. 
Thank you, Reunion, for not being that church. Thank you, Reunion, for being a church where you're welcome if, if we don't go by the clock and things go long and we, things go unplanned because the Holy Spirit wants to take control. This is His church. This is His home. He has complete control. Thank you for being a congregation that trusts your leaders to move away from cookie-cutter formula, plan down to the minute, production grid church. And hosting well the manifest presence of God. Thank you for trusting us. Thank you for trusting Him. Verse 2. So I'm asking you my friends that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart. One passion and united in one love. Walking together with one harmonious purpose. And you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. Verse 3. Be free from pride filled opinions. For they will only harm your cherished union. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let this mindset become your motivation. In the long run, in the big scheme of things in church leadership, it really doesn't matter who's standing up here. It doesn't matter who's wearing the pastor hat at all. It doesn't matter who's on the speaking schedule for a given week. And I know some people, let's be honest, you say they're, they're planning whether or not they're going to go to church that week, and they go, who's speaking? And for that reason, we have normally not announced the speaking schedule in advance. You show up and somebody walks up here and you go, oh, tonight it's Tori. Oh, tonight it's Rachel. Oh, tonight it's Pablo. Oh, tonight. And we do that kind of strategically, normal on a normal week, because we don't want you to plan whether, you can, whether you're going to come depending on who's delivering the message that night, because it doesn't matter. It's the message that matters, not the speaker doesn't matter what songs are included in the worship set or any other human detail verse 2 says walk together with one harmonious purpose and you will fill my heart with unbridled unbounded joy keep the main thing the main thing allow no space for your personal preferences your own interest it says here to dictate your level of devotion to Jesus your passion in worshiping him or your decision each week to intend and engage in these services. I'm going to give Rachel Morley another blatant plug. This is from her first album, not her second album. Um, what if it doesn't look like what I thought it would? What if you come in ways I didn't know you could? Offend my mind. Reveal my heart. I don't want to worship my preference anymore. That song I played on repeat over and over. Rachel, thank you for... Thank you for those lyrics flowing through you and you recording that song, Preference. I, I listened to it when you recorded it up in your little place in the middle of the night on your iPhone. I listened to it then and I listened to it when you did the produced version of it. Um, we worship our preferences sometimes. Oh, I, you know, I only like this style of worship music or I only like worship to be this many mi minutes long or I only like it when this person is speaking. You need to cut that out. Just cut that out of your vocabulary. Chapter 2, verses 12, starting verse 12. My beloved ones, just like you've always listened to everything I've taught you in the past, I'm asking you now to keep following my instructions as though I were right there with you. Now you must continue to make this new life fully manifested as you live in the holy awe 
of God, which brings you trembling into his presence. God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. If my years as your pastor have impacted your life and your walk, the best way to demonstrate that to me is for you to keep following my instructions as though I were right there with you. I'm still in your corner. I'm still, I'll be your head cheerleader, cheering you on, encouraging you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Um, But don't do anything to please me or to please Sam or to please any other leader, but live every moment and make every decision you make for an audience of one. That's really all that matters. That's all that you're going to be, you're going to be graded by, you're going to be judged by, is how you live your life before Him. You will disagree with me, some of you have in the past. You will disagree with Sam in the future, because, I mean, Sam and I disagree all the time. He'll say something and go, no, that's stupid, <laughs> that's wrong. And he'll come back and say, why? Defend your position, and we go back and forth. But we do it out of love, out of respect for one another. But we're not trying to please one another. We're trying to find God's heart in the matter, always. We're trying to seek the heart of God and find that place where he's happy. Continues and says, I haven't labored among you for nothing, for your lives are the fruit of my ministry and will be my glorious boast at the unveiling of Christ. When people take notice of or are reminded of my years here at Reunion, I want to point toward Jesus first, give him all the glory but also to the fruit he has produced through my ministry as your pastor and you friends you're that fruit you're that fruit when somebody says wow I met somebody from reunion the other day and I was just blown away by how wonderful they were I was blown away by how sold out to Jesus that person was I can sit back and say thank you Jesus for allowing that to be part of the fruit of my ministry chapter 3 My beloved ones, don't ever limit your joy or fail to rejoice in the wonderful experience of knowing the Lord Jesus. Don't ever forfeit the exuberant joy and freedom that has been carefully nurtured here. Can I say that again? Don't ever forfeit the exuberant joy and freedom that's been nurtured here. Um, This has been hard-fought territory to allow this kind of freedom where little kids come rushing up to the front and start and grab flags that say healer, redeemer, holy one and wave them up in the front there and worship. And Kanisha can run around in circles and, and uh, that's, that's hard fought freedom because in a whole lot of churches that makes people really, really nervous. I'm not nervous at the presence of the Holy Spirit. This church is going to experience a real burst of growth under Sam's visionary leadership. And we have very intentionally structured this so that my ceiling will become his floor. We want that to be the case. I pray that regardless of how big this congregation might grow and we believing for great big things, God has really spoken some big audacious vision to Sam that we never surrender the friend freedom and exchange it for form we don't want to ever get so organized and so structured that we structure the Holy Spirit out of this place we don't want to forsake passion for programs we want the one thing to always be the one thing 
the only thing that matters. My beloved friends, imitate my walk with God and follow all those who walk according to the way of life we modeled before you. I have honestly, I can say this, and, and not being immodest, but I, I've tried to live a life that could be emulated by others. I'll leave it to other people to determine how successful I've been at that. Um, but I really want my life to be the kind of example, the kind of model others can follow. Like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11 where he said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I've tried to do that, and I hope that I have never led you in a wrong direction or a detour or a wrong turn. Philippians chapter 4. My dear and precious friends whom I deeply love, you've truly become my glorious joy and crown of reward. Now arise in the fullness of your union with our Lord. Um... There's not a lot of fame and glory in pastoring, I'll just tell you. Uh, especially, uh, Carl writes books about small churches and small church pastors. Especially as a small church pastor, you go to a conference and you're the guy who's never going to get asked to speak, right? And you're the guy who's going to go and hear the, the big church pastor speak. Um, there's, there's no great riches to be had, I can tell you that. You're not going to get rich leading a small church. The joy and crown, as this verse puts it, is in the loving relationships that are built over months and years of walking through life together. Long-term pastors walk with families through all these seasons of life. I, uh, the birth of children. I've been in the hospital room the day some of your kids were born. Uh, not the minute your kids were born, but the, <laughs> the day your kids were born. <laughs> uh, I've performed, officiated your weddings. Um, I have celebrated your educational achievements, your career highs and lows. I've commiserated you with you when you got laid off or fired from a job. I've celebrated you when you, you got a promotion or a raise. Um, I have counseled some of you who went through separation or divorce. I walk with you through illness and death baptized many of you. I dedicated your babies. I've sat by your bedside in hospital rooms, buried your loved ones. Our union with one another is based upon our mutual union with Christ. He's the glue that holds all these relationships together. It's all about Jesus. The glue, that, the reason you're here tonight is for Jesus. It's not for Gary, it's not for reunion. The reason you're here tonight is because of Jesus. The reason I have walked with you through that stuff is not because you're a great person or I'm a great person, but because of Jesus, because of the love in our hearts, the mutual love in our hearts. You've truly become my glorious joy and crown of reward. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let your joy overflow and let gentleness be seen in every relationship for our Lord is ever near. I encourage you to continue to be in unity. Um, one of the things that's been such a joy in this church is um, I, I talk to pastors who just dread every board meeting, every they have deacons meetings or leadership meetings or whatever, and it's just a fight every time they get together and there's just arguments and disagreements and stuff. And I go, we don't, we don't have any of that. And they go, what do you mean you don't have that? I said, we don't have any of that. We're all going in the same direction and we're in unity. This is, this is like the easiest church in the world to pastor. You should just, it's just like you just get up here and everybody does what they're expected to do and nobody yells at each other and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, <laughs> there's a word that's in the U.S. flag pledge that you seldom hear anywhere else, and that word is indivisible. How many other sentences do you ever use and something's indivisible? It means impossible to divide or separate. And that's my prayer for a union going forward, that this body, this local church would be indivisible, that you would have one another's back so much you'd stand with one another regardless of what's going on in the other person's life, regardless of disagreements, any kind of personal thing that might go on between you, that you would be indivisible. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. You may have questions about, you know, the future direction of the reunion. Some of you might have some apprehensions or fears because it's not really possible to know everything ahead of us. God gives us a little glimpse, gives us a snapshot, but he doesn't really tell us, you know, then two weeks from Thursday this is going to happen and then the next day it's going to happen. He doesn't always play it out like that. Don't let your vision drift to the right or the left. Don't worry. Anytime you feel worry or apprehension or fear, just pray and let this overwhelming peace flood over you. Guard your heart. God is in control. He's got this thing. He's had us from the very start, and he's got us now. Verse 8, keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your hearts on, fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Put into practice the example of all that you've heard from me or seen in my life and the God of peace will be with you in all things. If you will focus only on the good things and what God is doing, not what you wish he were doing or how you wish he were doing it, the God of peace will be with you in all things. I'm just going to tell you that there will be some unexpected stuff that's going to happen in the years to come. There's going to be like God's going to come along and ambush you because he's done it to us so many times before. When we, we met for the first 12 years at Pearl Harbor Kai Elementary School and we had a great relationship with them. We turned an elementary school cafeteria into a house of worship over 600 times. And... Um, Alberto and Josue and them have the scars to prove it. Brendan, some of the guys who loaded and unloaded that truck and set up all that stuff and moved all those. 600 and something times we did that. And then COVID came along. And I got the call that we expected from the principal. And he said, hey, Gary, this is Dean. Um, I, I really hate to make this call, but the DOE has shut us down. We can't even use the cafeteria. And so you certainly can't use the cafeteria. I, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to find something else. And I went... It's all right. God's in control. He's got this. It's okay. It's fine. So we went online for about 10 weeks. We didn't expect to be going online 10 weeks, but because we have Jerry L, we have the best tech team in the world. And we were able to just seamlessly become an online church for nine or 10 weeks. And then you know, it was, a, it was an ambush. It was like a surprise. We didn't see it coming. It just caught us off guard. But we rolled with the punches and did, we knew we could do it, so we did it. And then one night, on a Saturday night, about 10 o'clock, 
I was contacted by two different people within the hour saying, hey, have you guys checked down at Solid Rock Church? They've got like a space up on the fifth floor of a high rise in downtown Honolulu. And I, I'm sure, you know, Pastor Texiero would be happy to talk to you. And I go, yeah, I've met him, but, uh, you know, we're not close friends. Literally within about 30 minutes later, he, call, he texted me. He said, hey, I've had two people contact me in this last hour and saying I need to talk to you. We need to meet. The next morning, some of us went down there after the end of his service, and he threw us a key and said, here you go. You can meet in here in the afternoons. It's fine. We had a space for a year there. We outgrew that space pretty quickly because we outgrew that space pretty quickly because it was not that big. We had talked to these folks here at C4 uh, about a year before, right before COVID, about possibly using this space. And at the time, they were like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that right now. We're kind of in, uh, yeah, we're not going to make that decision right now. And I woke up one morning, literally woke up one morning, and as my eyes opened before my feet touched the floor, the Lord said, contact Creighton today. And that was the senior pastor here. And I said, all right. So I got up and brushed my teeth and did all that stuff. And I got my phone out and I texted. And I said, hey, Creighton, are you guys uh, open to revisiting that discussion we had about using your space? He said, come see me. We came down and met with him. And literally, just a couple of weeks later, here we are. And now we're here. And we know this is not our permanent home either. We love this place. C4 Church has been wonderful to us. They're great partners in this. We love them. They seem to love us. Um, but we know this is not our permanent home. We're just passing through here on our way to a permanent home. God is going to ambush us big time with a permanent home. I, I, I speak that with faith today. You just be, you just be watching for it. It's going to happen, and it's going to be way, way, way more magnificent than you think. Because we prayed from the start. God, when you give us a permanent home, would you give us something that people will go like, how did that church get that place? And we're going to say, it's 100% God. There's no way we could have done this. So just be ready for, to be ambushed by God. He's going to be with you in everything. I'm convinced that my God will fully satisfy every need you have, including a permanent home. For I have seen the abundant riches of glory revealed to me through Jesus Christ. And God, our Father, will receive all the glory and the honor throughout the eternity of eternities. Amen. We do not serve a God of lack. We serve a God of plenty. Yes? Got quiet when I said that, but I know that you believe that because some of you have been at the end of your rope hanging onto the knot, and God has come through and provided for you in the most unexpected ways. He's provided for you physically, financially, spiritually, emotionally. In all the areas of your life, God has been a God of plenty, not a God of lack. He's still a God of plenty, a God of abundance. Our God knows every need before we pray, and He has promised to never abandon us. He's also promised us that if we want more of Him, He's ready and willing to pour out on you all that you want and all that you need closer and closer to Him. Look, uh, we love this church. I, I personally think it's the best church in Hawaii. I brag about you everywhere we go. Um, I told somebody the other day, there's a southern phrase that says, it's a poor frog that won't croak for his own pond. I will go everywhere and I tell everybody, reunion is awesome. This is an amazing church. You need to come check it out. You need to come see us. We're, it's, it's a great church. 
I really do. And I think it's the best church in our denomination. I say that with some of our leaders watching this right now online. This is the best church in the church of God of prophecy, okay? I said it. I mean it. I'm not saying that to boast or take any credit for it. None of this is about reunion anyway. He is the goal. He is the prize. We want God to be glorified. We want to make the name of Jesus famous. And we want God our Father to receive all the glory and honor throughout eternity of eternities. We're going to worship again at the end of this. I ask Rachel to be ready to, to do something here. And she's ready. Come and do that. We're going we're gonna to worship out at the end of this. Because literally, if this church is built on any foundation at all, it's a foundation of worshiping and praising God. And we're going to do that with everything that's in us tonight as we close. God bless you. Yeah, if you guys want to stand or just get, get comfy with the Lord. I really felt led to do this song, but as we do it, um, I want you guys to, to pray it over your own families and things, but I want us to pray this over, over reunion and, and even over Pastor Gary and Amy, just um, to, to commission them out into a new season. It's not a, obviously not a goodbye, <laughs> thank goodness. It's a, it's a hello to less responsibility. <laughs> So just as we sing this, I just want you guys to just even call to mind the faithfulness of the Lord that you've seen through their life. And I want you to, to celebrate the Lord for who he's been um, through Gary and Amy and how you've encountered the Lord in this church and, and through, their, through their family.
stone of remembrance on this moment that tonight we believed your word tonight we believed you are who you say you are and you'll do what you said you're gonna do and years from now will you remind us of this moment that we would look back and see the faithfulness for generations see your faithfulness in every generation the kids in kids church would be up here leading us into greater glory. Holy Spirit, we commit to carrying the torch that the words that you spoke to previous generations of this church, that we will carry the torch. We'll be the place that the Lord finds rest in.
no matter how things change, Lord, we commit to you that we will keep our eyes on you, the one thing. Even in changing seasons, that you would remain the one thing, that we would never change the topic. No matter how convenient or distracting things are, we won't change the topic, Jesus. You are the chief cornerstone, the rock on which we stand. All other ground is sinking sand. of success, every testimony is just you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you guys could all just stretch your hands out towards Pastor Gary. Yeah, Gary, we bless you. We thank you and we honor you. You have led each of us and all of us into a greater level of intimacy with the Father. Whether we know it or not, each of our lives are changed because of you. And so Lord, we thank you for this man of God. We thank you for this life laid down before you, for the humility and the honor that it takes to lead in the way that he does. Jesus, that you have rested mightily on this man and you will continue to do so. Yeah, Gary, we bless you. We honor you. We see Jesus in you. And we agree with the Lord by saying that there is only greater glory from you for this point. This is not a step back. This is a step further into the glory of God for your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this life. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. We bless you guys, and we will see you next week. For more teaching like this, subscribe to this podcast. If you would like more information about Reunion Hawaii Church, our website is reunionhawaii.com. If you're in Honolulu, join us Sundays at 5 live at Kahalo Mall. Aloha.